Hey, what's up? What's up, Nick Nation? It's your boy, State, Other State of the New York Nick Podcast, episode 10146. I got my guy Aiden in the building, Nick's Community Pod. Uh, we chop it up basically, you know, how, how that Hawk series ended. Um, you know, what can we do to get better? Little stuff like that. Salute to Tom Thibodeau. He coached a great season. Salute to Julius Randle, one of the best Nick seasons I've ever seen in my life. Um, salute to this team, man. They play hard. They play hard every night. Um, they don't give up. The camaraderie is great. Um, it's great to watch this team. Just, I just hate the offense sometimes, but the hell with it, man. Who, who's here to complain, right? So, you know, let's get right into it. Got my guy Aiden in the building once again. And we're just going to chop it up, man. Salute to Nick Nation. I really appreciate y'all, too. I'm out of here. Peace. Enjoy the pod, brothers and sisters. What's up? What's up, everybody? It's your boy of the State of New York Nick podcast, episode 146. <laughs> and I got my guy, Aiden, Nick's community in the building. How you doing, bro? I'm doing good. It's great to be back and great to talk to you, State. Uh, it's good to talk to you, too. Um, well, we talking at a perfect time, brother. Yes, indeed. It, it's, it's, it's so much to talk about right now. Um, first of all, I haven't spoken to you all playoffs. So I'm going to give you the floor. And I want you to um, tell the people how you feel about us being in the playoffs and how you felt about us losing against the Hawks. Yeah, so I was at every home game for this series versus the Hawks. Um, oh, that's neat. That's neat. It was, it was, it was, um, it was a blast and and definitely an experience that I'll never forget. Um, you know, game one. I guess I can just go game by game. Mm-hmm. Um, game one, I was right behind the Knicks bench. Um, so that was uh, it was really cool. You know, seeing Leon. Um, and I mean that that game, you know. I felt like every game kind of was very similar. It was very mm-hmm. neck and neck. Um, and then got a little scary in the second half. And then either Hawks getting on a run killed us or bad calls or bad rotations or defensive matchups. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we saw that in game one. Um, you know, I, I've heard that people were, 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 I mean, didn't really like putting Frank in. I, I agree. Um, you know, it wasn't, I mean, but here's the thing. It, it wasn't like he was sitting, like, on the bench all game. You know, he was standing with the guys, like, going crazy and jumping up and down. Uh-huh. Um, but, you know, game one, that 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 really should have been ours. Um, you know, we we were really fighting um, really the whole game. Um, you know, if I mean, if you look on my Instagram at Next Community, I mean, I have all of my content from each uh, game on there. And, I mean, you really see, like, the, the energy was, like, crazy i mean the the roof of msg was completely off the roof the whole night for game one um and you know that 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 trey young floater just absolutely killed us um and it really i mean you you could hear a pin drop at msg um when when trey young hit that bro um, can i ask you a question yeah so you ever played basketball before i have yes so i was really disgusted at that play because you playing basketball before let's say if you're playing a game of 21 right mm-hmm. you're playing a full court basketball game and the score is 19 15 you haven't played all game one of your friends get hurt 
So now you got to come in the game for your friend. So the guy that you got to guard is the hottest guy on the other team. How the hell, mind you, you haven't played all games, so your competitive juice is not flowing. Right. Your blood ain't flowing. Like, you're not really there. Like, you can't fill the game. So how the hell are you going to stop this guy who's been hot? Yeah, all no. <laughs> yeah, no, I totally agree. I mean, listen, there, mm-hmm. there's an example of this. You know, it happened during my, uh, you know, freshman year on JV basketball, you know. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, I was I was subbed in, you know, middle of the first half guarding this kid, and he just kept hitting floater after floater after floater. And I, I, I literally, like, as soon as I saw Frank guarding Trey Young and it happened, you know, it, it, it really just – you know, put me right back in that moment, you know? I mean, it's like, first off, why are you full? Why, why are you pressing? Right. If you're Frank, right. like you have like, I, I believe there was like 15 seconds, a, a very long amount of time. If, if I was Frank, you know, I would back up a little bit, wait till, till, till Trey, you know, really drives in and, and I would rather draw, you know, get a foul and make him earn it at the line than, you know, get an easy and good look up up at uh up in the paint. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's on Taj Gibson too. That, that, yeah, that, yeah, he definitely, he definitely. You know, I, I I don't really know why he was up so far up to the top of the key. I mean, he really should have you know stuck, um, you know, in the paint. And, and th- this is just one of the 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 reasons why Robinson in this series. Yo, that um, is a fact. Because Mitchell Robinson would have stuck. The holy heck out of that out of that floater, and then that we would have won game one, um, and then um, you know, so that was just that was terrible. Uh, Can game, I be honest with you? Yeah, honestly, I would have put Alfred Payton played that game. I probably would have put Alfred on him, or mm-hmm. I would have put um Reggie Bullock on him because you know those guys had played in the game already, and they just got a fill of the game. So that's what I would have done. But hey, man, he put Frank on him, and that's what happened. But continue. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, no, for sure. I I agree. I mean, like Reggie Bullock. I mean, I I guess I can you know segue this into game two. I mean, you know, Reggie Bullock. I feel like was trying to be like a Lance Stevenson type of guy, <laughs> really just just getting into tra- trying to get into Trey's head. I mean, I I post this on my Instagram as well. Literally, it's a slow motion video. Of Reggie Bullock blowing at, oh my god! <laughs> and then I I just put Lance Stevenson right next to it. I'm like, this is identical. Um, I I it didn't it didn't work. I mean, you know, a for effort. I mean, he tried. Um, but like, I mean, yeah, I mean, like, I then I guess going into game two, you know, a lot of talks of the bird phobia. My my me myself, I brought bird posters to MSG. Uh, <laughs> did it work? Not really. Trey Young's dad also was sitting right next to me, so that was really awkward. Um, and I mean, like, I I think the one thing after really studying Trey Young is like he mentally was on a whole nother level, and and that it carried over with every single player on that Hawks team. Mm-hmm. Um. You know, like before the before the playoffs, you didn't hear Clint Capella saying, "I'm going to send the Knicks on vacation." Right after Trey Young being just met their planet. Now you're now you're starting to see all of these guys getting fired up. Bogdanovich killing us in Atlanta. 
Um, and, and remember, remember this as well. Their role players didn't play well against us when we was home. And remember, that I believe that second game, I believe they was up double digits and John Collins barely played that game. With, mm-hmm. with, so, you know, a lot of things worked in our favor, but continue. Yeah, no, I mean, like, and, you know, uh, I mean, it was it was really close first half. And then second half, I mean, we, we, we should have had that momentum every single every single game. Um, you know, we, we just completely took it, got the win. The mosh pit outside MSG was crazy. Um, and, you know, I mean, it, it just like the, the Atlanta games, like I mentioned this on Guard Up Nick's podcast, shout out to Apollo. Um, like the scoreboard in those Atlanta games, like it, like if you look at it, it, it like some of them like had us down, it, like the final score was like we were down by 11. When in reality, when I was watching it, like it felt like we just got blown out by 40 points. So, um, you so know, bro, like so. Yeah. So at the start of Game Three, I'm gonna tell you. I'm gonna tell you about multiple factors upon mm-hmm. why we lost this series, right? So we've been screaming the one key word, and I've been hearing it from everybody: adjustments. Tibbs need to adjust. Tibbs needs to do this. Tibbs needs to uh, get Randall rolling to the basket. Um, Tibbs didn't adjust. We all screamed for Alfred Payton to stop starting, right? And we got our witch. Yes, he stopped starting Alfred Payton. Whoop-de-doo. But he didn't fully adjust. And what I mean by that is Reggie Bullock says, run it back in the A. And you just spoke about Reggie Bullock. Mm -hmm. He proceeds to go in games where he played 34 minutes, zero points. Mm-hmm. Then he has another game where he played 40 minutes, but Trey Young proceeds to give us hell into the hell in the garden. Trey Young was the first NBA player since oof, in a long time, one of four NBA players to average 20 and 10 in their first four playoff games. Oscar Robinson being one of them. So it's like I, to lose to Trey Young like this, and for our players to like talk smack and for like Nick fans and a lot of us, me included, we was overly confident and we got humbled. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, you know, I mean, like, uh, yeah, I, I, I totally agree. I mean, but here's the thing: I, I'm on the pro Reggie Bullock side, and I can say why. Listen, mm-hmm. he, he had terrible games in Atlanta. Everybody can see that for what it is. But you gotta like every single game at MSG. We started off breathing fire, right? I mean, I believe this was, I think this was game five or, yeah, I think this was game five where he just could not stop missing threes. I think he was like three for three at one point in like the first quarter, you know, like I, I would, I would love like Re- Reggie Bullock. Listen, I, I think this is, you know, in free agency, we, we have to get a more consistent wing because I'd love Reggie Bullock to come off the bench. And provide that you know key scoring opportunities, um, but you know I I just think like it, it just kind of speaks to like everybody saying like the Hawks were a better team. I mean you yes they totally were throughout the series, but I really think it honestly just comes down to mentality. You know, mm-hmm. like after studying Julius Randle, like he he was so in his head, right? I mean because <laughs> if you I mean I'm watching him. 
and and you know he gets the most improved player of the year award at center court everybody's going crazy and the game just starts and he is he he's overpassing i never thought i could say that in my life um julius randall overpassing passing it out of bounds um just taking like he's he was really he looked kind of like obi toppin at the beginning of the season he's forcing up shots you know um but you know he ended up finishing with like double doubles like consistently throughout this whole series even though it didn't didn't feel like it i was at msg did not feel like that um at all um so you know that and like the fact that randall was overthinking i, I just think that carried over with every single person um on that Knicks team um, you know i mean just i it was it was it was tough it was tough to watch let me give you a stat and you know bill belichick is a guy who in football, he always takes off. He he always cuts off the snake's head. And what I mean by that is, whoever is your best offensive player, he's gonna make sure that that guy doesn't beat him. He's gonna force everybody else to beat you. Trey Young has scored the most points, 146, through five career playoff games in Hawks history. At 146 points, Lou Hudson at 139, Pete Maravich at 110. Bob Pettit at 106. So, God damn it, Reggie Bullock, man. You cannot say stuff like running back in the A and then you proceed to let this light-skinned, bald-head guy just cook you. Like, he just cooked us. And then for tens, you know, I, I could get on Randy next, right? Mm-hmm. But it's really on Tibbs. Like, it, it, it's really on Tibbs. Tibbs did not put Randall in the spots to succeed, bro. Randall had eight turnovers. Why does he still have the ball in his hands? I, I, I'm confused. I, I, mm. I don't know. I want you to explain this to me. I, I don't know. Yeah, you know, I, I, I think, like, I, I just, I, I feel like it's a combination of everything, you know? Like, yes, you can argue that it was Tibbs, but at the same time, like, I, I mean, just going back to what I was saying about, like, mentality, you know? Like, Julius Randle's overthinking, and then, you know, everybody's gut instinct instinct reaction is to just give Julius the ball, right? Because he's been so dominant in this whole regular series season. Um, you know, which is why we saw, I believe, like, it. what it felt like to me was every, like, clutch play, like, this is do or die, the shot's on the line, every time it went to Randle, you know? Game one, you have your leading scorer, Alec Burks, with 27 points, in, <laughs> inbounding the ball. And Derek, I, I have this on video. Derek Rose cuts to the corner and is wide open based off of a screen that Julius sets. And then Julius cuts to the top of the key and just forces a double-teamed shot that, that wouldn't even have counted in the first place. You know, like, it, it, it's just, it's a combination of everything. You know, like, it's just the playoffs is just an entirely different beast, which I, I feel like this team, you know, I, I don't know if it was like there was they weren't expecting it, but you know I just believe like it it comes down to mentality and you know just inexperience in the playoffs. I mean you can argue that on both teams, but you know then that would be like a whole nother discussion. But um, you know I just I feel like it was just a combination. Everybody was overthinking everything, mm-hmm. um, and like I just feel like that that kind of was just like what it came down to. You know like. 
it's just it was just like it felt like rookie mistakes but they were so costly um and like game five like you know i mean fans were leaving early this this was with like five minutes left in the game and it's like you know i mean it's really not how i wanted the season to end but like you know we that was such a winnable game for us like it, it was it was back and forth and then you know hawks obviously go on a run um and you know we we had so many opportunities to capitalize in the fourth like we brought it at one point to an eight point game to what to me what felt like 20 times and then just they weren't capitalizing on anything and it just like it did it it i mean it just was sloppy was the one word that went over and over in my head you know Mm -hmm. i mean you're i mean there was fans right behind me just cursing at every single mistake these players made throughout every single possession um and it's just like you know i i just don't it's just why i would love to get a, a a a starting point guard that's just extremely consistent I'd love to get a, a, a much better consistent wing. And, like, I'm not going to sit here and be like, Kawhi is coming to the Knicks. I'm going to be realistic here. Like, we got to set pieces in place that are just going to be consistent contributors to this team. And by consistent, I want, like, you know, double-digit games every night, you know? Like, I, I don't want I don't want to see, like, I love Derrick Rose and I loved him and Taj throughout this series. I don't want my starting point guard going from 30 points to six points in game five when you're down 3-1, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, it's just like – it's just things like that that we need to just set in place. And, and I mean, but listen, like overall, when I'm looking back on the se- season, it was truly, you know, the most exciting season we've had in eight years. You know, first round, it was it was a – terrible first round exit but you know you, you i saw so much promise in all of these rookies when 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 momentum is behind them you know see ob top and get the biggest alley-oop of his life and then the whole, 16 15 000 people are chanting ob and the kids loving it his mom's crying you know you see quickly for three the kids loving it everybody's going crazy and it's just like it's why I would love to get Derrick Rose back and Taj back because mm-hmm. those two contributed so much to this team throughout the series and the whole season. You know that the the chemistry mm-hmm. and the chem the chemistry that they you know made throughout this this whole team and and the rookies just I I just think it gave them so much confidence. You know, I mean it's why I would also love Alec Burks back. You know him and Derrick Rose. I feel like we're really the only ones really trying to find Obi. Um, and yeah, and it shows. You know, I mean quickly too. Um, and I mean I just that that is mainly my thoughts on on the Hawk series for sure. I mean, you know, I just I I, I gotta say like props to Trey Young. I I I, I can't stress it enough. Like I, I locked I I was right behind the Hawks bench at games. Two and five, and I locked eyes with Trey Young at least like twenty times. This man, the whole everybody's chanting after Trey Young. This man is looking at me directly in my eyes, just just nodding, looking into my soul, just nodding at me. I'm like, okay, okay, like he's on a whole another level. So, so it's crazy. You 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 just said a bunch of things. So I, I just want to tackle um everything one by one. Yeah. So, 
as far as Randall's concerned, now this is something that I've been preaching for about a year now, and it's come to light in the playoffs. He's not a championship number one option. That is sold. He's not a championship number two option. I don't want to hear that. Um, Paul Pierce was a number two option. D-Wade, Clay Thompson, you know, it, it, these guys was number two options. Like, he's not a number two option. Now, is he a championship number three option? Hell yeah, he is. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Number four, now, if you got got him at the fourth option, now you got a super team. Now, you, you're not, now your team is just ridiculous. But what I've seen in the playoffs was a guy who was put in a position where he wasn't supposed to be in. And as far as his regular season is concerned, it was a great season. It was one of the best Knicks I've ever seen in my life. I will never take that from Julius Randle. But we got to be humble. The NBA guys wasn't feeling the Knicks fans saying, well, Julius Randle was better than Carmelo Anthony when Melo was here. They don't like, the, they, they don't like stuff like that. You can't say stuff like that. I'm watching Randall getting beat with backdoor cuts this playoff series. I'm watching Randall clank off shots this playoff series. I'm watching Obi Toppin play better than Randall in front of a crowd. Very alarming to me. And then I got people saying, oh, we need to pay Randall the max. See, the man deserves his money. But I can him off of this playoff series. Because where you make your money at is in the playoffs. Nobody gives a damn about what you do in the regular season once you're in the playoffs. So as far as Randall's concerned, yes, I would love to keep Randall. Yes, I wouldn't mind paying Randall. Would I pay Randall this summer if it was up to me? Hell no. Julius Randall, his thinking, would he walk away from $100 million? I don't know, bro. I don't know. Is he going to really walk away from $100 million? That's a lot of goddamn money. So I don't really know if he's going to walk away from that. So, you know, Randall, God bless him. I hope he gets better over the summer. He come back next season. If he's on the roster, I'll, I just hope he produces better. I just don't really care about his ne- next season. I don't care about what he does in regular season. To be honest with you. I, I, I really do not care about what he does in regular season. I'm going to care about what he does in the postseason from now on. And I just hope for the best for him. That that's all I'm gonna say about Randall. Them them, and, and that's on Tibbs too, bro. Like Tibbs did a shit coaching job this playoff series. Like he didn't adjust. He's 63 years old. He reverted back to the old garbage that he used to do. You know, overplayed his players. Reggie Bullock looked tired. I strongly disagree with you about the Alec Burke topic too. I think the small forward position, we just need a whole overhaul. I, Reggie Bullock, wish you nothing but the best. He needs to walk. Burks, wish you nothing but the best. He needs to walk. Matter of fact, I got a stat for you, bro. And I don't know if you've seen this, and I want you to I want you to answer to this too. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, I've seen a stat where the Nick Vets, you know, these are guys who who played the most minutes, you know, Derrick Rose, Bullock, Burks. The Knicks vets have played $28 million above their market value. And these are guys that's on one-year deals. So what do you say to that as far as not being able to see a guy like 
Frank in this series, not being able to see a guy like quickly pay, play 25 minutes in this series when you need offense, not being able to see Obi play at least 20 minutes, you know, more in this series. Like, uh, wh- what do you say to that? Yeah, I mean, like, well, listen, I think your value is gonna gonna change drastically, depending on how you play every game, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you see Alec Burks game one comes off the bench, gets basically 30 points, right? Mm-hmm. And, you know, he might have been non-existent from a point standpoint throughout the rest of the series. But, like, listen, he was looking for, you know, he he was trying to be a playmaker, you know? I mean, that 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 there's evidence with the Obi Toppin alley-oop, you know? I mean, I just feel like I would, I would, I would like just to, just to try to keep similar pieces of this team only because of chemistry reasons. Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, you know, I, I think it's answering to your point about why, um, you know, we, we don't see guys like Emmanuel quickly play like, uh, like 15, 20 minutes a game in the series. Um, I, you know, I, I just feel like, I, I think when, when, when Tibbs give, gave him the chance, I just think Atlanta shut him down. Right, like you, it, I read this article and in, in the post, like it's really interesting how you see Obi and Quigley's roles kind of reversing based off of this regular year se- season. Um, you know, like Obi was everybody that we were kind of worried for, and Quigley was really that rising star, and then the playoffs drastically switched. You know, Obi was looking so promising, and Quigley was definitely there. You know, definitely got some shots up and got momentum going at MSG, but overall. Well, yeah, he got he got destroyed on defense. My lord. Oh yeah. My God. Yeah. You know, I mean, he I, I believe at game five he was just trying to do I, I think he was just trying to do like um I, I wouldn't I don't know if impulsive or just instinctively like what he's, you know, gonna do like right off the bat, just driving in and just trying to get floaters up and layups and Capella just stuffed him. Like I I give him this though. He was the only person playing with heart. I, yeah, I get quickly to that. He played with heart. Game five, he definitely played with heart. Yeah, absolutely. No, no, no. I, I, I agree with you there. I, I believe that he was really one of the only players that I, I saw really trying to keep the Knicks in this game. You know, I think, you know, Rose, tr- Rose tried. I, I just think he was burnt out. You know, you're going from, from, uh, uh coming off the bench in the second half to playing forty minutes a night, um. And then you know, I I think it was quickly, I I mean it was Taj, um, Obi definitely had some some sparks of life, um, yeah you know it just it it was really interesting. I just felt like Game Five to me it just kind of seems like we were like burnt out, you know, like because it was just like fourth quarter happens and we can easily win this game and and it's just like nothing was really happening, is is like really what it felt like. Um, like it just like it, it just felt like I don't know if nobody cared is the right you know phrase, but it it just it's just like it, it wasn't the hungry New York Knicks that we saw throughout this whole season, um, or that we saw in Game One or that we saw in Game Two, um, you know it just it just kind of looked like a defeated Knicks team, but I I just feel like you know like that's just gotta be a, a, a mentality thing. I think it just really comes down to it. Mm-hmm. You know, like, 
I mean, you the whole garden wants you to win. The whole garden wants you to succeed. But when your star player is overthinking every single thing, passing it out of bounds. Yo, um, he was overpassing, bro. That's what had me like, yo, Randall, something is up. Like, yeah, <laughs> no, for sure. If I sure. got a bag, Randall, I would never thought of the day, bro. Dead serious, bro, when I say this to you. I, I never would have thought of the day when I'm looking at my TV and I'm practically begging Randall to shoot the ball. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, no, I'm, I'm, I'm with you for sure. I mean, I was being there. It was, it was the exact same thing. Everybody was like, shoot it, shoot it, and he, just, he just, you know, dribbles around, just tries to just look for anybody, um, and like, you know, it's just, it, it's just like, I think with Randall, like, I've been thinking about it too. It's just like. If you've been on teams, never been the first option before in your entire career, you played with Kobe, Anthony Davis, like, you know, like you were like, like what we were saying before, like, you know, like the later kind of options on that team. And then all of a sudden you, you go from people calling you a Beyblade and just trashing on you and wanting to trade you for basically nothing to then all of a sudden having such a 180 year most improved player of the year. Now, mind you, he started this run with really no fans in. And then, you know, he kept up the momentum when when 2,000 fans were there. Then you get 15,000 people wanting you to succeed, wanting Braids Randall, wanting 30 points a night, back-to-backs, dribble-doubles, the whole nine yards. I just feel like you're on the biggest stage of your career. You're trying to honor your family. I mean, you're trying to honor Kobe. Um you know, I, I think he put so much pressure on himself that he just completely, you know, just went way in, way in over his head. Um, you know, and I just feel like that's why we just need more, you know, I, I mean, just players with playoff experiences that, you know, really can rise up to the to the occasion in those moments like Derrick Rose, like Taj, to really, you know, calm players down like Julius Randle. And just to, to build more trust throughout this team, you know, just so he doesn't have moments like that again. <laughs> you know, this playoffs, it told me a lot about the team. Um, RJ Barrett is going to need a lot of work. He's going to need a lot of sass on his game. He got to get his handle up. Um, them same little drives that he always driving to the basket. He has no bag. He has no left, right dribble move uh, between the legs. Like he, he just got to go um, just better overall. But <clears throat> this uh, subject because you know obviously we lost to the Hawks in five. You know, salute to the Hawks, salute to Trey Young. You know, God bless y'all in your next playoff round against the 76ers. Um, yes, R.J. Barrett <clears throat> today was being put in so many trades that my eyes started bleeding. And my eyes was because... I saw the the tweets, Dave. I saw the tweets. Yes. And, you know, the first thing I read today is Damian Lillard. (laughs) And I'm like, well, offseason starting early. Okay, cool. So I'm reading the SMY tweet. And it says, you know, Damian, the stuff with Damian Lillard, what the Knicks will have to give up for Damian Lillard. 
And I'm seeing stuff like RJ Barrett, Mitchell Robinson, Obi Toppin, uh, four first round picks. Um, I'm gonna tell you this, bro. Like, and this is for all Knicks fans out there. Like, I'm not trading RJ Barrett. I'm against trading RJ Barrett. Um, RJ Barrett is 20 years old. He's a wing. The uh, wings has been the best players on championship teams for the past decade. The last big to win a Finals MVP was Dirk Nowitzki. That was 2011. The last point MVP, I believe, was 2007. That was Tony Parker. I'm not interested in trading R.J. Barrett. It is over for that. 17 points per game, six rebounds, three assists, you know, 40% from three. Only guys like uh, uh, Bradley Bill do stuff like that, you know, at, at the same age. And it, I'm just not really interested. Now, what I will say is this. I would trade Julius Randle for Dame in a package. And I'm going to just tell you why, Aiden, and I'm going to tell you my stance on this. So, Portland don't have a starting four. Nurkic just said today that he might walk um, if things don't change. So, they, they need a starting four. They need a starting five. They have Anthony Simmons, who's basically a point guard, who will basically take Damian Lillard's spot at the point guard position if they do decide to trade Dame. So I would gladly or offer Randall, Mitch, Knox, three first-round picks, that Detroit second, and I would see if I could try to start with Dame, getting Dame there. I don't think they would like um, Emmanuel quickly. I don't think they would like Emmanuel quickly because they have Anthony Simmons. But who knows? But I'm just not interested in, in, in giving up the whole cover for Damian Lillard. I seen a I seen somebody say trade six picks for Damian Lillard. So that's just my my take on Dame. Like love Dame. I think he's about 30, 31, 32. I, I, I want somebody younger. Uh, I'm trying to stay on the course with R.J. Barrett. Barrett is 20. He's going on 21. And I just want somebody who's more on R.J. Barrett's timeline. The only way I would entertain a Damian Lillard trade, and I want you to take on this, is if Kawhi Leonard says he wants to come here. And even if that, in the event of that, I'm still trading Randall before I trade R.J. So my starting five will will look some like Dame, RJ, Kawhi, Obi, and whoever at the center. But it, tell me your take on this on this today, bro. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's really risky because Portland's going to want a lot of assets. Um, yes. And they're going to want a lot of our young assets, which I would love to keep because you saw this, th- such promise in all of these young guys. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's just – it's. It's tough because I feel like the Knicks are less eager to trade away Mitchell Robinson after they were so exposed so badly at the center position in that Hawk series, right? That's a fact. That's something so wouldn't, about, yes. wouldn't wouldn't you want to you know not give up Mitch because like if you give up Mitch, I mean Norvell Pell, I love I love him, I love his hustle, but I would much rather have him as a backup. Um, 
you know, to really get in, um, get in a, you know, mid game, throw some guys around, which is what we needed in that, in that Hawk series, by the way. I don't know why Nerlens Noel didn't give Kevin Herter a one, two in Atlanta. Um, but that's another story. Um, but, but this Dame trade talks, it's really, really risky. Um, so I'll I'll go I'll go on your answer about Randall. So you are saying would would we have already we would have traded Randall for Kawhi in your scenario, right? In my scenario, you trade Kawhi is the free agent, right? So in oh my yes, scenario, yes. You're you're they to be capped out, right? Because if you if you get Dame and Kawhi, that's about like eighty million. Right in cash space. So right. my my mindset is automatically I'm trying to keep OB and IQ and, and RJ because yeah. they're all on rookie scale deals. You get what I'm saying? So I don't want to flush out most of my roster at uh, like the Carmelo Anthony trade, right? I still got three young pieces, right? I still got Dan, right? Now I got Kawhi walking through the door. Now you know Carmelo Anthony's coming. <laughs> like that, that after we, the year after the year he's had this year, I'd love him. <laughs> so so you know Carmelo Anthony is coming. So I'm not even worried about the, the, the bench scoring. I'm not worried about the scoring. As far as the center position is concerned, I'm gonna give you an analogy. The center in the NBA position is like the halfback in the NFL. So you got to be a special halfback <laughs> to, to, to get a certain amount of money. And, you know, it, it, to be that special halfback, you got to be able to catch the ball. You know, you got to be able to run. You got to be able to run between the tackles. Got to be able to run outside the tackle, outside the lines. Like, it, it, you got to just be special at what you do. Joel Embiid does multiple things, space the floor. Um, Jokic does multiple things, space the floor offers to him like cinepas you can you can get mitch production easily you can find his production i think you cannot find production like dane at that point guard spot in the eastern (laughs) I, i don't know bro but that's in my vision like you trade now you're training randall mitch and those boys for um, Damian Lillard. And- all right, all right. I'll, I'll, I'll say this, though. We're talking about football. If I'm mm-hmm. looking at this in a fantasy football draft scenario, talking mm-hmm. about running backs, mm-hmm. so, listen, you're in the first round. It's going to be, you know, majority of, of all of the good running backs are already going to be gone. And if we're talking about that, like centers, you there, there's so many, so many good point guards in this league. There's so many good centers in this league. But, you know, it's just like, do you want to give up a, a rising star of a center right away? Or But, you know, I just feel like it's, it's a position that we're so dire in need of. But also, Damian Lillard is the point guard that New York has been waiting for, you know? It, it's just like, it's really, really risky, um, both sides. But, I mean, if we can somehow get Dame... Kawhi, have Obi starting, you know, at the four, have Carmelo be a backup and mentor Obi after the 
basically six man of the year season he had this season. Oh man, that would be that would be scary good. And you keep RJ and ends um you know majority of our of our young assets. Um, but but here's the thing, it's like I would love Dame. I mean, and I would love quickly back. I mean, I'm also just very curious at Luca Vildoza. Like, how oh, good, I forgot about him. Oh, how good God. how good is he gonna be, right? Oh, I totally forgot about I him. I just from I literally remembered him after this playoff series. I'm like, listen, if we can't get a point guard, we have a, a overseas MVP, a young Pablo Prigioni, God willing. Capazio playing well too. And Capazio's praised Vildoza as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, it, it's going to be – it's something to be very excited for if we don't get, like, da- a Damian Lillard-type guard, right? Right. Um, so, you know, it's just like – it's. I would love Dame. I'd love him to come here. But I also am just very excited for what this young core can bring to the table. I mean, I think we got about $60 million in cap. Uh-huh. For this summer, this off season, I heard other like sources said like up to seventy five million, and if and if we're you, talking you, about you get seventy five million, I believe you have to uh, renounce uh, Frank, right? And you would have to trade Kevin Knox for for like a, a, a draft pick or something. Okay, because I'm I mean I'm thinking you said like eighty million for Kawhi and Dame. I mean, just maybe get rid of like couple more guys. I mean, you never know. That could be pretty reasonable for the money we got available. Um, you know, in a, in a fantasy, God willing, everything goes right. Um, but like, yeah, it's just it, it's it's very interesting. I mean, I, I really do think Leon Rose did a great job first season, executive of the year, no doubt. But this is really when he's on the clock right now. Yeah, man. Um, with all of these moves that 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 he's gonna make, I I really do think like after after watching Leon and Derrick Rose talk on the way back to the tunnel, like I really do think they're gonna try to keep Derrick Rose. Um, I feel like that's where I would start because Derrick Rose brought so much to this team, so much to the chemistry to the rookies. I mean, I really think he boosted Obi and Quickly's confidence so much um, throughout the this season. So I feel like that's where I would start. Cause then you already got a backup point guard set, you know. True. So it's just uh, it's very interesting. True, but you're gonna burn Derrick Rose out, and you know it. it it's one thing to I I understand you know Luca, and I understand we're gonna be Summer Olympics, and I can't wait, and it's gonna be beautiful to watch, and I hope he shows out. Um. I, I mean, he has to, right? He has to be so yes. motivated by the series that just happened. Yes. And, it, bro, it's, it, it's going to be tough, bro, because the Knicks, we, we need a point guard. And it, it's a lot of avenues to take. If you do Damian Lillard route, I just, just sir, hope the Knicks guy, like, just don't empty the cover board, man. That's, that's what I'm hoping for. This is why I'm looking at guys like Colin Sexton. Mm. I'm looking at a guy like Pe- people at MSG. When I was there, every, a lot of people were talking about Colin Sexton. It, <laughs> and, and, and you know, I've been saying this for weeks, man. Colin Sexton under Thibodeau 
would be beautiful to watch. It, it would be beautiful to watch. Another guy I would love on the Knicks is Mo Bamba. That would also be beautiful to watch. Somebody who could space the floor with Julius Randle. And, and, and somebody who could probably possibly get better under uh, Tom Thibodeau, um, Dylan Brooks, you know, guys. Oh, like I love. I would love Dylan Brooks. Oh, I love his game. Love his game, bro. Um, but besides Damian Lillard, you also see reports about Chris Paul. Mm-hmm. And he just Oscar. declined his option, right? Yep, and they saying that he's going to decline his option and he's going to be a free agent. And he's going to want three years, $100 million. Um, I'm good. <laughs> yeah, I'm not, I'm, not giving, I'm not giving that much money right, right now. I'm good. Um, to Nick Van, one of Chris Paul, we're about three years too late. Mm. He's older. Um, I understand what he's doing for the Phoenix Suns. It's beautiful. I understand that we need a point guard. But that's not the guy you go get. Um, not for three years. You no, no. He's old. He's injury prone. I'm just not willing to risk that on Chris Paul. Just for me personally, even though the the risk, it it, it the reward is it is hella great. Um, the the reward is great. I getting Chris Paul easily adds about 10, 15 wins to the team, and he brings a sense of calmness to the team, just like he did for the Suns. I watched the Suns just utilize, destroy the Lakers. And yeah. Devin Booker score 47. So, it, it would be nice. I, I don't know. It's tough. It's, it, it's tough. Any scenario would you for sure want Chris Paul in the building? At the moment, I don't see that many. Like, talk, talk to me, you know, trade deadline this past season I'd be all for it but now I just I see the potential of this team and where it could go I don't I don't see the need of Chris Paul at the moment you know mm. it, it and it's crazy because Chris Paul like he's still great at his age and he would be great for um Randall and Dave don't get me wrong I didn't mention this neither but Damian Lillard would be hella great for Randall too like don't get me wrong yeah that's him RJ and Randall, that would be a great um three 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 pairing as well. But that's not a championship pairing. Like that's not beating the top teams like that. No, Dame, you gotta you gotta go get Kawhi. You gotta go all in. You can't half ass. You can't go into that situation with a half cup full. You gotta go in all guns blazing, and you you roll the dice on that. And you just live with the results. That's what I would do with that. If you don't win a championship with those three, you still got R.J. Barrett. <laughs> right? Am I right or wrong? Like, R.J. going to be tw- – when R.J.'s 25, all of these guys that we're talking about, bro, it's going to be out of their primes. Mm, fair point. Out Very true. Primes. So, I, I, I think we just got to st- stay the course. You know, even if we don't get Dame, even if we – P three, you know, just stay the course. But yeah, like, like I, well, I asked you though, know, you know, it, is there a situation that you would entertain Chris Paul? You know, is there? You know, for the Knicks? Ah, uh, I'm. It's tough because it's just like he's gonna want so much money. Um, 
and you know, I I mean, I'd love to like bring him in. I mean, just to you know get some consistency around that position. But I mean, I, I guess like you know, would there be any situation where we would really need him? I mean, if there's so many injuries and Derrick Rose getting burned out, and you know we missed out on 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 a guy like Chris Paul who could probably be dominating on some other team. And if it's going to be a team in the East, that's going to look terrible on us mm-hmm. if we if we completely miss out. But here's the thing. This offseason is not like a Kevin Durant or Kyrie Irving offseason or bust sort of year. Like, we have so much potential in this team. And I, I'm sure, like, Leon, I, I, I trust him very much with, with, with what he's going to do this offseason. And this whole organization, um, so you know, like, I I think to answer your question, like, I love Chris Paul. You know, I I would love to have him, like, just in case, like, God forbid, like, so many injuries and burn burnouts happen at the point guard position. Mm. And you know, I'm reading articles now where it's saying you know Portland probably don't want Randall. Um, okay. So I don't want Dame. <laughs> that, that, plain and simple. I'm not giving up R.J. Barrett, and I, I, I'm just not doing it. Mm. I, I'm just not doing it. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I don't care, bro. I, I, I can't do it. Right. Cool. I mean, because they're going to want so many assets besides Randall, you know? <laughs> assets is not even the word, bro. It's... Ah oh, man, you don't you just don't want to get Carmelo Anthony parts old again. You know, just plain and simple. Like you you don't want that to happen. You don't want to give up all of your pieces for that. It's that's tough. That is very tough, bro. That is very tough. Um Definitely. You sent me a list of free agents. You know, yes. we could we could probably we could talk about some right now. You know, what, what or on that list. So, who are some of the guys that you was looking at? Because I know you had a thought process behind sending me that list. Yeah, I mean, you know, like I love a guy like Norman Powell. I, 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 you know, I, I love what he's been doing over, over, over uh, this past few seasons of his, of his career. I think you know he would just be a consistent scorer, especially in the clutch, championship experience, playoff experience. He would ignite momentum to this team. Um, you know. I know a lot of people don't like it, but the idea of Lonzo interests me only because, you know, I, I think he, he he's, you know, is he a scorer? No, but he's a, definitely a, a playmaker. He's going to, he's going to, his first option is going to be to look for a pass every time or an alley-oop. And I think, you know, we need that for, for the development and, you know, momentum boost of guys like Obi Toppin and, and whatever rookies we're going to draft in this year's, upcoming NBA draft. Um, and, you know, I mean, I'm just trying to think of some others. Uh, DeRozan would be really nice. I, 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 I think that would be really nice at, at the wing uh, position for sure. Um, I mean, eh, Cal- part two, part two. Um, yep. You know, I mean, I just think uh, DeRozan, um, McConnell interests me too, TJ McConnell. I know he's like the Knicks killer, but 
Um, I think you know if if you want to provide some depth at the shooting guard or point guard positions, that'd be that'd be pretty nice. Um, and I mean, just kind of some of those guys. So like DeRozan, Lonzo, uh, McConnell, and um, Norman Powell. I think are are guys that definitely interest me for sure. What about you? So notable, um, T.J. McConnell, um, Leon Rose is a fan. And I believe yes. he led the NBA in total steals. <laughs> so, yes, that that would be huge for us. Yes, so I don't mind T.J. McConnell, scrappy player. Um, he takes the right shots, doesn't um, overshoot. He will get to the basket. You know, uh, I'm not really too high on Kelly Oubre. Um, yes, yeah, I'm seeing reports that he wants twenty million. I'm not interested in giving Kelly Oubre twenty million. And I'm not really interested in DeMar DeRozan, <laughs> honestly. Like, DeMar DeRozan is just uh, – he, he just he, he's going to get in Randall's way. He doesn't – threes. You know, he, he's ball dominant. I don't really want a guy who's ball dominant next to um, Julius Randall. I want a guy who can kind of play off the ball, um, who can send secondary playmate if Julius Randall is still going to be our best player. Um, for me, bro – I always tell, I always say this. Orlando, the Orlando Magic is the best trade partner for the Knicks. And if we can't find people in free agency, we should definitely call the Orlando Magic. They have two lottery picks stated this offseason, right? But the main thing that I'm looking at is they have Jonathan Isaac coming back. They already paid him. And they have Marco Fultz coming back. And they just drafted um Cole Anthony. So mm-hmm. maybe we can call them and maybe we could probably probably Mo Bamba. Maybe we could probably talk to them about Markel Fultz. Maybe we could probably talk to them about Jonathan Isaac. All right. What what do you think about that? Because I I would love to call them, you know, other people talking about Carl Anthony Towns. I seen, you know, Stephen A. Smith say today you know, call Anthony Towns, you know, Paul the Trailblazers thinking about looking at him. And How do you feel about that? Yeah, I mean, the Orlando Magic definitely interests me. I mean, you know, they have guys, so many young guys coming off fantastic years. Um, Cole Anthony, Markel Fultz, uh, Jonathan Isaacs, you know, I mean, Mo Bamba definitely interests me. I think he would be really, really, really nice at, at center position for us. Um, you know, I mean, if our starting center is like, you know, like Mitch or, or, or I mean, vice versa, Mo Bamba and then Mitch is the backup or something, you know, I think Mo Bamba would be really, a really, really nice addition. Um, and I mean, I, I, I feel like Orlando is definitely, um, a, a trade trading partner that definitely intrigues me because of the, the potential that those young guys have. I'm just a little nervous of how much they would want in return. Um, but uh, I, I agree with you um, m- mainly on that, on that kind of a take that Orlando definitely does interest me for sure. <laughs> or like I've been saying it for a long, long while, like the Knicks really need just a center who could kind of space the floor to somebody opposite of Mitch. If we're going to keep Mitch, we need a small forward who can playmate a little bit, but who can also space the floor and just give more more consistency to the small forward spot. 
and we need a, a, a point guard. <laughs> yeah, mainly, mainly a point guard. I think, like, I, I find it crazy how the Knicks been looking for a point guard for like the past like twenty, thirty years. Like, it's it, it it's really bad, bro. It is it is really bad. Um, give me one one hot prediction you got before you get out of here. <laughs> For for off season or next season? For the for the off season for the Knicks. A hot prediction. Um. I I think. I don't know, but but, I I don't feel like we're far out of this race for Kawhi. My 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 uh, my, my gut's telling me something like that, you know. Um, I, I just think you know expect big things. I mean. I listen. I don't think the whole team is gonna get a, a crazy shakeup, but I, I think we're gonna get a, a really nice uh, player at at the position of small forward and hopefully point guard. You know, I mean, I that that's kind of my hot prediction. If if uh, for if, for for this off season, I think that's tough. <laughs> I know, I know. I I I mean, it's just like really risky because it's just like, how much do you want to get, and then. Possibly, possibly ruin the chemistry that this team built so well throughout this whole season, you know? Yeah, man, because when you trade certain players, you change the dynamic of a locker room, so. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah, Too many so egos. When, when, you don't want to pull a Brooklyn. N- no. <laughs> oh, man. But um, any last words for the people, you know, next projects you got coming out, where the people can find you, and – um. Any last words for Nick Nation? Um, you know, Nick Nation, it's a pleasure. Uh, I'm going to be starting the uh, Nick's Community Podcast back up this weekend. Uh, I got Papa Left from Nick's Fan TV coming on. Um, mm-hmm. You may know him. He's he's the one that interviews all the fans outside MSG after uh, these past couple games that we've had. Um, so he's coming on my show. And uh, you, uh, you can always find me on Instagram and Twitter at Nick's Community. Um, I'm definitely going to start using my Twitter more. You know, um, I, I got to get involved in Nick's Twitter. I've been on Instagram majority, but I kind of want to, you know, split it halfway 50-50 um, and just kind of devote, you know, more time to posting some tweets on, on Twitter because why not? Um, and, uh, yeah, man, so I, I just uh, – I'm going to try to get some uh, some big guests. You saw I, I tweeted out, like, a list of guests that I'd love to have for my first couple episodes back. Uh, and and state Eru Apollo anybody all you guys are are always welcome as well any uh, any time uh, just just message me you know um, and uh, yeah man uh, state it's been a pleasure I love coming on here every time um it's been a pleasure bro um I hope Nick Nation I hope yeah y'all been listening to this pod man I appreciate y'all for tuning in um let's all hope that Dallas finishes the Clippers in six or seven games so. We can actually have a real conversation about this Kawhi and Damian Lillard stuff. Maybe it might can happen. You never know. You know, the Knicks changed the culture. You know, Tibbs did a great coaching job for the Knicks this season. Leon Rose did a great uh, job at his new position. You know, coming, he was a super agent, but now he's a star president of basketball operations. So, Let's see, man. It's it's nice to see the Knicks come together. It's nice to see Nick.
Salute to Julius Randle. This amazing season. Salute to the to the vet, to the Big Fifteen, Theo Pinson and those guys. Um, salute the Nick fans who stuck with his team for years after we've been stinking up the joint. So I'm out of here. Of the New York Nick podcast, episode 146. It's your boy. Peace out, Nick Nation.